you don't put Jesus Christ first in your life, you're a fool. Really, you are. Because if you put Jesus Christ, somebody ahead of Jesus Christ, you're making a grave mistake. And I'm talking about you don't put your husband, you don't put your wife in front of Jesus Christ. You don't put your dad or your mom in front of Jesus Christ. You put Jesus Christ first and everything else will line up in your life. I've, I've done it both ways, man. I'm not telling you something that I haven't lived. I've done it. Well, I put things in front of Jesus Christ and my life fell apart. But when I got things straight, and I said, okay, I'm going to put my eyes on Jesus Christ. And everybody else wants to follow me can follow me. But I'm putting my eyes on Jesus Christ. It's amazing how everything else starts lining up in my life. And I'm not just talking about relationships. I'm talking about financially and just all the way around, just health and everything else. My life just changed when I started putting my focus on Jesus Christ, putting Him first in front of everything else. You know, when I picked uh, the job I got down at the city, I picked it because I wanted to be able to serve the Lord on Sundays and Wednesday nights. And uh, that, that means you're sacrificing a lot of money because I could have went and tried to get a job at 3M or do whatever. But I, And you know what the Lord did? The Lord took care of me and blessed me and I don't have no worries. But you know what? You've got to be content with what you have though. And that contentment's only co- going to come through Jesus Christ. If you're not content with what you have, you're in a world of trouble in this world because the world's going to make sure you're not content. Because as soon as you get that new car, you know what's going to happen? You're going to drive it for about two or three months and then they're going to bring out with a brand new model. Doesn't, doesn't that make you mad? And then there's nothing worse than a computer, amen? You get a computer and you pay all this money for this, the latest, greatest computer and in a month it's out of date. And you get on the internet and it's updating all the time, you know. You thought you had the best thing going and you don't. I want to preach this morning on the word no. No. Nobody likes the word no. Everybody hates the word no, amen? I know when I was a kid, I hated that word no. It's a dirty word, that word no. When my mom told me no, I would throw some of the biggest hissy fits. I did not like being told no. Maybe some of y'all did like the word no. I hated no. But I want to preach this morning on when the word no makes you say yes. 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 You ever tried to borrow some money from the bank? And you're, you're nervous, you know. Maybe, I don't know what you're borrowing money for. And you're waiting for the banker to call you back. And you get that big call. And, you know, the banker calls you up and says, Yeah, this is a so-and-so at Texas Bank. I just want to let you. I just, we, no, we can't let you have the money you wanted. Or you're trying to get a new car. And you're, the fi- you're, you're over there and you're seeing them. They're trying to run the fight. They come outside. Your credit is so bad, we have to tell you no. Or maybe you meet the woman of your dreams and she's the most beautiful woman. Oh, you want to take her out on a date. You want to, you want to be seen around town with her. You say, would you please go out on, to the movies with me? No. No. I read about a story of a man that knew of a millionaire's daughter. And he went up to her door. And the millionaire's daughter opened up the door and he said, without missing a beat, he said, will you marry me? And she said, no. Why would you even ask? And he just put his head down. I just wanted to know what it was like to lose a million dollars. <laughs> you ever been in that situation? You know what they tell you in daycare training? When you go to daycare training, they'll tell you in daycare training that you don't tell a kid no until they're two years old. That's the total opposite of what you should be doing. The first word you teach your kid is no, no, no. You teach them that word no. But nobody likes that word no, amen? Well, I'm going to show you some stuff out of the Bible. 
for you're going to say no, it's going to make you say yes. Yes, 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 yes. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Amen. I like that word no right there in that sentence. No condemnation. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You see there Paul's trying to convince us of something. He's trying to make sure we understand that there is therefore now no condemnation. How? To them which are in Christ Jesus. If you're a born again believer and you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in Christ Jesus. And in God's eyes, you're condemned no more. Without Jesus Christ, you're condemned already. Don't turn there, but I'll read it to you. John chapter 3, verse 18. He that believeth on Him, on Jesus Christ, is not condemned. How do you not get condemned? By believing on Jesus. He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It all goes back to believing in Jesus Christ. Condem- condemnation is a legal thing. Condemnation is something legally that's going on in your life. And without Jesus Christ, you're condemned to a devil's hell. Without Jesus Christ, you're condemned legally. God's got to, as a judge, God's got, to, got rules and regulations and you've not followed them and you're condemned by the law and you must, because you're condemned, go to hell. That's called condemnation. But with Jesus Christ, there is no more condemnation. You're not condemned anymore. Amen. He's let you free. Because Jesus Christ shed His blood on the cross of Calvary, He can let you free of those sins. You're condemned no more. No more condemnation. He let you go, guys. Amen. Amen. You know, I was reading about Abraham Lincoln, about Dwight O. Moody was talking about Abraham Lincoln. Talking about how compassionate Abraham Lincoln was. He was telling all these stories about the compassion that Abraham Lincoln had. And Abraham Lincoln was known to be so compassionate, but during the Civil War they had guys right and left that were breaking the rules. Now this is back when the army was the army. And when you broke the rules, they would put you on a firing squad and they would shoot you. And they would bring up the, the shooting order to Abraham Lincoln and say, this guy, he disobeyed orders and he did this and that. You know what Abraham Lincoln would keep doing? He'd keep pardoning the guys. Abraham Lincoln, he wouldn't let them shoot them. And he got to be so bad that he said, okay, okay, because they were giving him such hard He goes, no longer, no more reprieves, no more reprieves. If you misbehave, if you do those things that aren't right, I'm going to have them shoot you. Because they gave, him such, they gave Abraham Lincoln such a hard time. Well, guess what? Had a guy fall asleep on his post. He's got to be shot. The guy that's going to be shot writes a letter home to his mom and dad said, Listen, I, I love my country. I was filling in for a friend of mine that was sick. And I filled in for him for two nights. And on the second night, I couldn't keep my eyes open and I fell asleep. And I don't want to die. Well, the mom and dad and the family say, You know what? He's got to die. Abraham Lincoln done said, has already said that he's not going to give anybody any reprieve. You know what happened? There was a little, his little sister was in the house. His little sister got a hold of that letter and she got on a train and she went to Washington to go find Abraham Lincoln. And she went up to his mansion and there was a guard on duty. She told the guard the story of her brother and how she was there to try to get her brother not to be shot. And the guard, he, he, he couldn't take it. And he said, go on through. 
So a little girl went on through and she snuck past the secretary and she actually got into the room and walked and opened up the door. And this little girl walked in the room where Abraham Lincoln and all his advisors were sitting. And she came in and Abraham Lincoln said, come here, girl, what do you want? And she said, my brother is about to be shot because he fell asleep when he was spilling in for somebody. And they said, Abraham Lincoln's eyes got full of tears. He said, girl, don't worry about it. We're not going to shoot your brother. He couldn't do it. He had too much compassion. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you come to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I shouldn't have done it. Will you forgive me? Our Savior has more compassion than Abraham Lincoln. He'll let you go. He let me go. And therefore now we have no condemnation. Yes. Yes. Yes, I'm free. Yes, my sins are forgiven. Praise the Lord. I'm no longer condemned to hell. Listen, without Jesus Christ, the Bible says you're condemned already. What does that mean? That means you're what they say down on death row. You're a walking dead man. What's wrong with the world is that don't know Jesus Christ. They don't realize they're walking around dead. They're already condemned. It's not like they're going to get to heaven and say, well, I hope I make it. I'll just go to heaven and God will look at me and He'll look at all my good and He'll look at all my bad and He'll weigh it. And then maybe, maybe my good will outweigh my bad. Uh Uh-uh! It don't work that way. You won't find that in the Bible. (laughs) See, you're already condemned without Jesus Christ. You've got to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're not getting out. You're already in prison, guys. Without Jesus Christ. But when Jesus Christ shows up in your life and you receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you know what happens? He sets you free. There is therefore now no condemnation for them, to them which are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's the best thing going. That's the very best thing going. I was reading a story about a man that I don't know how he did it, but he was supposed to be, he was drafted over in England, he was drafted to go into the war. Over in England. Now this is way back in like 1600s. He's drafted to go into the war, and uh, his friend took his place. His friend took his place. His friend went to the war. Went into the war for him. Guess what happened? His friend died while he was over in the war. This same man got drafted again. He said, "No, you can't. I, you can't draft me again. I'm not going. I've already went. My friend went for me. I'm not going to go again." So they took him to court, and you know what the judge said? "You're absolutely right." Somebody's already took your place. We can't draft you again. And all rights, with all legality, what the the law says, that man has already died on the battlefield because somebody took his place. You're free to go so the guy didn't have to go to war. You know what that is? That's you and Jesus Christ. He took your place on the cross of Calvary. So He took your condemnation, guys. He took your sins on the cross of Calvary. You're no longer condemned because Jesus Christ was condemned for you. And you say, well, Brother Keegan, if you knew what I did, if you only knew the things I've done, I deserve to die. You already died on the cross of Calvary. Your blood has been shed on the cross of Calvary through Jesus Christ. Therefore, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord for that. You know, I was reading about this guy that was in prison. And he'd been in prison for years. And the governor heard about him. And the governor came down and, and they had a big assembly. And all the, pris- all the jailers, jail- people, prisoners were there in the jail. And they had a big assembly. And the warden came up and he says, uh, John, John Smith, come up here. And the prisoner's name was John Smith. He comes up there and he goes, we just got a letter from the governor. You're pardoned 
and you're free. And boy, all the prisoners, well, they all loved him. They're all just yelling and they're all excited that he had a pardon from the governor. So the warden got down off the party and said, okay, all y'all lined up. Get up that door, let's line up like they always do. And all the prisoners lined up. And you know what John Smith did? He went right up and got back in line with all the other prisoners. And they had to walk over and said, what are you doing? And he looked at him and said, you're free, man. You're not with them anymore. You're free to go. So many Christians accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and they get right back in line with the world. You're not with them anymore, guys. You're a child of the King. You're free to go. You're free. You're not in prison anymore. You don't have to be in bondage to sin anymore. You're free. Jesus Christ has released you. You're therefore now no condemnation. And that no should make you say yes, yes, yes. Amen, amen. Look at John chapter 10. Look at John chapter 10. Turn to John chapter 10. Let's look at another one of these. I love, y'all know I love watching UFC. Y'all know I love watching cage fighting. And some of these preachers come in here and they talk about it. And there's so much violence in the world like cage fighting. And I'm thinking, hey man, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with watching cage fighting. It's a sport to me. I, how many of y'all men like to watch boxing when you're growing up? Hey man, there's nothing wrong with boxing. Two men get in there. It's a sport. And I love to watch fighting. Well, there's a fighter whose name is Diego Sanchez. This guy is a complete nutcase. He gets in the cage, and as soon as the referee, as soon as the referee says, get it on, he'll say, get it on. That guy will run as fast as he can across the cage and just jump. Ah, and start just, he don't have any technique, he don't have any talent. He's been knocked out more than once by doing that. Because we're over there, ah, like a banshee, and that guy just goes, click, and he ooh, falls down. But sometimes he just, and they just hitting each other. But you know, that makes for an exciting fight, amen? I love that stuff. But you say, why are you bringing up Diego Sanchez? Because that guy is a nutcase. And there's two things he does. There's two things that Diego Sanchez does. Years ago, when he came out, he used to come out, and he's a Christian. I know he talks about the Lord a whole lot. He comes out, you know how they walk out to the ring, you know, and they have their entourage, and how the people follow him out in the backstage, and they're playing all kinds of music. He comes out with this cross that's about like this size. Maybe like two foot tall, like this wide. And he's got it in his hand like this. And he's got this face like he's, you know, constipated. And he's walk, he walks out like this. Holding that cross over there. Like he's going to go fight a vampire in a cage or something like that, you know. The guy's a complete nutcase. So that goes on for a little while. You know what he starts doing next? This is what, He got in with like Tony Robbins, one of those motivational speakers. I think it's Tony. You know, is that Tony Robbins, that guy's name? Well, y'all know what I'm talking about. Those guys, you know, that motivational speakers. Well, Diego gets mixed in with this guy. Diego's not too smart, guys. Diego gets mixed in with this guy. And the guy tells him, you need the power of positive thinking. You need the power of yes. So what's Diego doing the next time he comes out to the cage in front of 20,000 people? He comes out. As soon as he walks out from out of the curtain, he goes, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. He does that all the way down to the cage. I'm not lying. If you go on YouTube, I guess you can find it. Yes, yes. And what they have is they have another referee out there, and he puts on a little bit of Vaseline so that, you know, he'll be slicked up, and they check him to make sure he doesn't have anything illegal, and they pat him down before they let him get in the cage, and the whole time he's going, yes, yes, yes. And he walks in the cage, yes, yes, yes. 
Referee goes, are you all ready? Yes, yes. And he tells you, you ready? Let's get it on. He's, you know, gets on there and starts fighting. I think he actually won that fight. But listen, guys, that's what we need to be as Christians. Yes. Yes. You look like a fool. You look like an idiot. Yeah, but yes. Yes in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, it's all yeses. Amen. Look at Romans, I mean, John chapter 10. Look at verse 28. And I give, this is Jesus Christ talking about y'all guys. If you're a Christian, this is what he says. And I give unto them eternal life. Notice, notice, he didn't say he, you earned it. What did he say he does for you? He didn't say, they earned it, so I, he says, I give unto them. It's a free gift, guys. You want eternal life? It's a free gift in Jesus Christ. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. In Jesus Christ, you shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. See that no right in there? No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Yes. Yes, I'm secure in Jesus Christ. Yes, He's not going to let me go. Guys, He's got you right here. He's not going to let you go. I and my Father are one. You're in God's hands with Jesus Christ. And no man, uh-uh, no one is going to take you out of Jesus' hands. Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes, I'm free. Yes, my sins are forgiven. Yes, I'm secure in Jesus Christ. Because no man can take me away. It's like Jesus Christ has got you in his hands. And he's grabbed a hold of you like that. And Satan comes along and Satan tries to grab you out of his hand. And Jesus Christ says, uh-uh. No, uh-uh. Jesus Christ takes it. Let it go. I'm not going to let you have any of No, you can't have him. He's mine. Some of y'all grow up with brothers and sisters. Some of y'all grow up with brothers and sisters. I had a little sister that's about like this tall. I mean, I could beat her up like this. You say, how do you know you could beat her up? Because I did. When she didn't do what I told her to do, I'd beat her up. We, got, we went out there and we played soccer. I love playing soccer with her because I could always beat her hands down. And I'd let her get a goal just because I didn't want her to go inside and quit. So I'd pretend like she got a goal on me in soccer. Just so she'd stay out there so I could beat up on her, you know. One time I was playing around and she actually got a goal on me. And she knew it and I knew it and I wouldn't admit it. I let you do that. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Go, go back inside the house, you know. And go back in the house. And you know what happened one time? I don't even remember what it was. It must have been a piece of candy or something. She had something I wanted. Give it to me. Uh-uh. Give it to me. Uh-uh. So I went over there. Man, she had, she had hands like stone, man. Give it to me. I could not pry it out of her hand, man. She said, I didn't know we and the worst thing was is when you're trying to pry something out of her hands and then she decides to use it as a weapon. You know? Oh, all right, you can have it. I told you one time that my, my sister, she was red-headed. That's all I need to say. 
She was redheaded. She was mean as a hornet. One time, man, I was messing with her, and we had this little, like, stuffed animal. And I, ah, ah, and she took that stuffed animal, whack, hit me in the eye. It didn't hurt. Hit me right here in the eye. But you know what I did when I was a little kid? Mama's in the house, so I, like, you know, like it put my eye out, you know. Because I wanted some sympathy from Mom. My mom comes running in. My sister's name's Billie Jean. Billie Jean, what'd you do to him? And man, within a heartbeat, my mom was whipping my sister like a mule. It was, it was so bad, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have cried so loud. I started actually feeling bad for my little sister. And if I feel bad about my little sister, that's bad. That's real bad. Did you not go over to see my little sister a couple weeks ago when you first started? She lives in Blanket. What did my sister say to you all the time? I don't know how you live with him. I don't know how you live with him. That's not what she said. Even to this day, my little sister. Man, I don't know how, I don't know how I put up with my little sister. But the point is, is that whenever I, she had something in her little hands, I don't care. How can I get it out? That's Jesus Christ, and that's you. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Look, my Father which gave them me is greater than all. Greater than all the armed forces. Greater than Satan. Greater than anything you can think of. Greater than your sin. Praise the Lord. He said, well, I'll just let go. Let go. He still got you. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. That no makes me say, yes. Yes. Y-E-S. Yes, yes, yes. Turn to Revelation 21. Let's go to one more. Revelation chapter 21. Praise the Lord. that We've got these in the Bible, these assurances. I'm telling you, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, He's got you and He's going to keep you. You're a child of God. He doesn't lose His children. Amen. He loves you. He's going to keep you. Revelation chapter 21. Look at verse 1. This one's hard for me to grab a hold of. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is at the millennial kingdom. A new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first first earth were passed away and there was no more sea and I John saw the holy city new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God this is up in heaven we're all around God that New Jerusalem's coming down. We're going to live with God forever. Look at verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I like that word no right there. Amen. Amen. No more death. No more sorrow. No more crying. No more pain. No more tears. I know some of y'all are young in here, but when you get older, you start living a life of nothing but sorrow. You start living a life of nothing but pain. There's some of us in here that haven't lived a day of without pain in literally decades. With back problems. Maybe with knee problems. With hip problems. With 
shoulder problems. Some of us have had to have some of the pain we're dealing with has nothing to do with physicality. Some of the pain we're dealing with is right here in our heart. Grew up in a rough neighborhood. Grew up with a rough family. Grew up, even to this day, having problems. Having pains. Things that may, brought tears to our eyes. Amen? Amen? But praise God, there's coming a time where there'll be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain, and no more death. Amen. That's a no that makes me say yes. You know, if Jesus Christ was to put me back with my mom, and He's going to one day, I'm going to get to have a reunion with my mama. If I was to get up with my mom, and there was this chance of us dying again, or there's a chance of this pain, or there's a chance of any kind of sorrow, it wouldn't be heaven. But what makes heaven heaven is that all that stuff's took away. I'm here to tell you this morning, that's an existence that we can't even comprehend. We, don't, we can't comprehend living without sorrow, without pain, without tears. Can you imagine that kind of existence? It says it right there. And that's what I'm looking forward to in Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, you might be in sorrow today. You might be in pain today. You might have some, something that's causing to bring some tears to your eyes, but I'm telling you there's a better day coming. Amen. There's a better day coming. You know why? It's because we're going to get to dwell with our God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the only reason why. You know, if these Muslims over there in Iraq, these people around the world, if they could just get to know Jesus Christ like I know Jesus Christ, they wouldn't want to be cutting off anybody's head. They'd want to be giving some people some hugs. and want to love on them. You know what causes me to have great love in my heart? Is the love that Jesus Christ showed me. You know why I love Jesus Christ so much? Because Jesus Christ has had to forgive me of so much. Jesus Christ said, you know what? Those that are forgiven little, love little. Jesus Christ said, those that have been forgiven much, love much. You know why I'm such a happy Christian today? It's because I was such a miserable sinner before Jesus Christ came along. Amen. Man, I had nothing. I was laying in a pit. I was miserable. I was sorry, despicable, no good. And one day, the man of Galilee came by and says, I'll save you. You can join my family. You know where you're going. And I accepted Jesus Christ just by faith, not knowing where Genesis was, not knowing where Revelation. I just accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior because a preacher was telling me about it. And in my heart, I could feel that funny feeling inside. I knew he was right, and I needed to get saved. And when I took the decision and put my faith in Jesus Christ, my life has never been the same. It changed me. And some people run into me today that knew me back in the day. They say, you're just a different person. No, I'm not different. I'm new. I'm new in Jesus Christ. Amen. You see anything good in King and Hall is Jesus Christ. And there's going to come a day when I take my last breath, I'm going to wake up, and there's going to be my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And there's going to be my mom. And there's going to be Sister Wendy. And there's going to be Brother Dodd. And there's going to be some other loved ones of mine that have gone on before me waiting to rejoice with me and to have a reunion. And you know what? I'm not going to worry about my back. 
I'm not going to worry about the bills. I'm not going to worry about the government. I'm going to be so happy in Jesus Christ. I don't have to worry about crying. I don't have to worry about sorrow. I don't have to worry about where's my kids at. What's this happen? What's going to happen tomorrow? It's all going to be such pure joy. Listen, God, this is an existence that we can't comprehend. And until you draw closer to the Lord Jesus Christ and allow his Holy Spirit to speak to your heart, I have not seen, ear has not heard what God has prepared for those that love him. But when you draw close to the Lord, he'll give you little glimpses of it. This is Keegan Hall, the pastor of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Uh, We're just trying to glorify and lift up the name of Jesus Christ in every way we can, and we hope we were a blessing to you. Now, if you're listening, you're not saved, we want you to be saved. That's our deepest prayer. We're doing all this so people can get the gospel message of the good news of Jesus Christ. And the good news is that he died for your sin. And if you're willing to admit you're a sinner and that you need a Savior, if you go to Jesus Christ in prayer and ask Jesus Christ to save you, he'll come in and save you. Now, honestly, I can tell you, when I've done that, Jesus Christ, was the best thing ever happened to me. I'm going to invite you out to Indian Gap Baptist to our King James Bible Conference that starts on June the 21st through the 24th. That's Sunday through Wednesday. We get started on Sunday morning around 10 a.m. the 21st, and then it'll be Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday nightly starting about 6.30 p.m. Come on out. Dr. Deems will be teaching on the superiority of the King James Bible, the problems with the modern versions, things, any kind of questions you've ever had. Maybe you had questions why there's so many versions. You'll get your answers from Dr. Deems. Now, Dr. Deems is a retired Air Force officer that worked in space operations, and he trained uh, pilots in the F-4 and F-111. He uses PowerPoint and all kinds of other visuals to teach the differences of the different versions. It's definitely a visual teaching. You'll get a real blessing out of it. The last time we had him in, some years back, we had a good turnout. We had a good response, and I know you'll learn something. If you ever had any questions, come on out. You'll get your answers. You want more information, go on to IndianGapBaptist.com. IndianGapBaptist.com. You can find out some more information. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.